Welcome to the European Heart Journal Case Report Podcast, Episode 7. I am Dr. Thomas Craven, Podcast Editor. In this podcast, I'm going to discuss a case report by Jonathan Sen and John Amarina from the University Hospital Geelong, Victoria, Australia. And the case report is titled Premature Ventricular Contraction Induced Dilated Cardiomyopathy Slash Heart Failure, a Case Report. Premature ventricular contraction, also known as ectopic beats, are a presumed benign entity. However, this case report describes a case of premature ventricular contraction induced dilated cardiomyopathy. The case report. The case report describes a 68-year-old female patient with no significant past medical history except an anaphylactic reaction to penicillin. The patient had recently returned from Bali, Indonesia, where she experienced a viral upper respiratory tract infection. The patient was subsequently admitted with pneumonia two weeks after returning to Australia. The patient's admission chest x-ray was suggestive of cardiomegaly. Her high-sensitivity troponin I was negative and a pulmonary embolus was excluded with a CT pulmonary angiogram. However, the CT did demonstrate right lower lobe consolidation and bilateral pleural effusions. The patient's admission ECG showed sinus rhythm with frequent premature ventricular contractions, of which the patient was asymptomatic. A subsequent halter monitor demonstrated an ectopic burden of greater than 25%. Transthetic echocardiogram showed dilated cardiomyopathy with global systolic dysfunction with a left ventricular ejection fraction of less than 30%. Biochemical blood tests excluded underlying autoimmune, infiltrative, endocrine and rheumatological causes. The patient was admitted, her pneumonia treated and she was started on standard heart failure therapy. The patient was discharged and at an initial 4-month follow-up had minimal symptoms but tolerated low-dose beta blockers poorly and was intolerant to ACE inhibitors. Her ACE inhibitor was changed to candesatin and she was followed up four months later with worsening symptoms, classified as New York Heart Association Functional Class 2 symptoms. A repeat halter monitor still demonstrated greater than 27% ectopic burden on her highest tolerated beta blocker dose. ECG morphology suggested that premature ventricular contractions were originating from the anterior papillary muscle. Coronary angiography showed no significant coronary disease. With no alternative cause found, the patient was thus diagnosed with premature ventricular contraction-induced dilated cardiomyopathy. Two years later, with no significant improvement on medical therapy, the patient had premature ventricular contraction ablation to her left ventricular papillary muscle. A cardiogram the following month showed ejection fraction improved to 46% and then 61% the following year. Repeat halter monitor demonstrated sinus rhythm with a premature ventricular contraction burden of only 2.4%. Now to move on to the discussion. I'd like to provide some background to premature ventricular contractions and premature ventricular contraction induced cardiomyopathy and discuss other important literature then relate this back to the case report just discussed. Premature ventricular contractions are early depolarizations of the myocardium originating from the ventricle. They are common with an estimated prevalence of 40 to 75 percent on a 24 to 48 hour ECG of the general population. In the absence of structural heart disease, they are traditionally thought to be benign but can represent increased risk of sudden cardiac death in structural heart disease. Symptoms associated with premature ventricular contractions include palpitations, fatigue, chest discomfort, and fainting. The treatment options for premature ventricular contractions include pharmacological and catheter ablation. And indications for treatment of premature ventricular contractions are 1. Symptom control 2. To prevent recurrence of any premature ventricular contraction induced ventricular fibrillation 
and three, potentially to reduce the effects of premature ventricular contraction-induced cardiomyopathy. Premature ventricular contraction-induced cardiomyopathy was first proposed in 1998 by Duffy et al., who observed a small group of patients with cardiomyopathy who gained normal left ventricular systolic function after pharmacological suppression of frequent premature ventricular contractions. Nuana et al. described in 2009 a relationship between a decrease in left ventricular ejection fraction in patients with a high ectopic burden versus moderate to low burden in patients with structurally normal hearts. Subsequently, Yalagada et al. demonstrated reversal of cardiomyopathy in patients with repetitive monomorphic ventricular ectopy after ablation guided by 3D mapping. In this study, 27 patients were included, of which 8 had reduced left ventricular systolic function. After ablation, all patients with reduced left ventricular systolic function demonstrated an improvement with a mean ejection fraction change from 39 plus or minus 6% to 62 plus or minus 6%. But most significantly, Bauman et al. studied 174 patients referred for suppression of premature ventricular contractions by catheter ablation, of which 54 had a reduced ejection fraction. Patients with a decreased ejection fraction had a mean premature ventricular contraction burden of 33% plus or minus 13% as compared with those with normal left ventricular function 13% plus or minus 12%. Therefore, a cutoff of 24% best separated these groups. The study thus advised that catheter ablation or drug therapy is advised to avoid development of premature ventricular contraction induced cardiomyopathy in patients with premature ventricular contraction burden of greater than 24%. However, the study did state that premature ventricular contraction-induced cardiomyopathy can occur at lower burdens. Now to come back to the case report. This case highlights the difficulty in diagnosing premature ventricular complex-induced cardiomyopathy, as it is essentially a diagnosis of excluding alternate cause of dilated cardiomyopathy when there is a presence of significant premature ventricular contraction burden. In this case, the diagnosis has clearly not been made lightly. The patient had thorough investigations except for a cardiac magnetic resonance imaging scan. This was stated by the team to be because, unfortunately, it is not widely funded in Australia. The patient had medical therapy for her heart failure, and when she deteriorated despite this, then a diagnosis of premature ventricular contraction-induced cardiomyopathy was made. And after being unable to adequately suppress the premature ventricular contractions with medication, catheter ablation was performed with a good outcome. In conclusion, this case report highlighted an interesting case of premature ventricular contraction-induced cardiomyopathy and demonstrated the difficulty in making this diagnosis. The authors wanted to highlight the following learning points. High premature ventricular contraction burden appear to be independently associated with left ventricular dysfunction, ventricular dyssynchrony and subsequent heart failure, and ablation is a useful treatment to suppress premature ventricular contractions and restore ventricular function in patients with structural heart disease and frequent symptomatic premature ventricular contractions. Thank you for listening to the European Heart Journal Case Reports podcast. Please visit the European Heart Journal Case Reports website at academic.oup.com forward slash EHJCR to read this case report in full, including references used to create this podcast and view other interesting case reports. I hope you'll listen to future episodes. I have been Dr. Thomas Craven, and this music is Computer by Stay Shirt.